The scripture reading this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. <clears throat> the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, if you are visiting with us, I'm Pastor Mark Juliet, missions pastor here at Alleluia, and thank you for your presence here today. I'm kicking us off in uh, pun not intended, but boy, that kind of flopped. Um, but I'm kicking off our theme that is this month called Get in the Game. Back in the day, I played both basketball and football for my alma mater. Now let me qualify that. It wasn't my college. I didn't play collegial sports. No, it was Canton Senior High and Ingersoll Middle School. Played basketball, though, on an awesome basketball team. So good, we went to state and won. I was the 16th man on a 15-man roster. We, there was probably about 18, 19 of us throughout the season. We practiced all the time. We played on the team. And then when we went to state, we found out we could only have 15 people on the team. And so there I was, dressed in street clothes, sitting in the bleachers behind my team as they won state and got their picture taken which was then put into the trophy case, and I wasn't in the picture. But I was on the team. I was on the team my high school, uh, in my high school freshman year, I was third string wide receiver. Probably not the greatest position for somebody of my limited stature. Uh, you don't exactly put the shortest guy on the team out at wide receiver position, but I was there. I practiced all the time, but it was tough because during games, I went in so painfully infrequently that it was hard to kind of continue to pay attention to what was going on in the game. I tended to pay more attention to the cheerleaders on the other side of the field than I did on my team on the field. In fact, I learned most of the cheers. I was actually pretty darn good at those cheers. My friend and I, Dan, one time during a game, we were getting into the cheers so much. There we are, you know, with our football stuff on, we had our shoulder pads on. I mean, we're, but we're like this, you know, doing the cheer. And I hear my name yelled out, Juliet! Oh, man, I'm in trouble. I'm busted. Juliet, get out there. What? 
I was being put in the game. Frantically, I ran out to the huddle. I had only a few seconds. The call was a down five slant inside. My number. I ran up to the line. My heart is pounding. And I, I started to sweat. And I thought, what is, what's going to happen? I, I, could, I might not catch the ball. Or I, I might... It might bounce off of me and like into the arms of the, the, the defender and then they'll score. And what? I didn't have any more time than that to panic. Down, set, hike. Now I had practiced. I had practiced this play quite a bit. Down five, slant in, catch the ball. I ran, down five yards, I slanted in, I turned. Whack! What had happened? Did I get tackled? No, I'm still standing. I looked down. There in my arms is the ball. I caught it. Nobody was more surprised than me. Now, I wish I could tell you that I had a Rudy moment, and I turned, and I ran down the field, and everybody in my dust, and we won. I scored the winning touchdown. I could tell you that, but I'd be lying. <laughs> no, the reality was much more mundane than that. I think I might have got us a first down, so it did have some significance, but it was pretty anticlimactic after all of that. But! I got in the game, and I made a little bit of a difference. We're starting this series called Get in the Game, and today we talk about get in the game and serve. And the game that we're talking about is, of course, the game of, of our faith, and living out our faith, living out those things that we have been taught and those things that we have received from God. exciting to get in the game and make a difference. It's when you're always sitting on the sidelines, warming the bench, you begin to feel kind of useless, like what you have to offer isn't quite good enough to get in the game. It's been a significant week in the sporting world. Of course, we got the Super Bowl today. How many of you are going to root for the 49ers? All right, how many of you are going to root for the Chiefs? How many of you are going to root for the food and the commercials? All right, thank you for your honesty. It's going to be, I think it's, it's a good matchup. So we have the high of the Super Bowl and all of the hype that's around that, but also in the sporting this world, uh, world this week we know that there was a very sad um, event as last Sunday... Um, basketball great Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter crash along with his daughter Gianna and seven others. And I've heard a lot of people talking about this. And it, it impacts us not because I don't think anybody here has a personal relationship with Kobe Bryant or anybody on that, but you know him. You've watched him perhaps and 
then we start hearing the stories of his relationship with his daughter, Gianna. And we hear the stories of the other people that were on that flight and her teammates and um, an assistant coach and another coach and others that were on that flight. And, and as we hear these personal stories, it impacts us because, well, it impacts us because we're parents and we're kids and we're grandparents and we're friends and we're coaches and these other things that we begin to see the personal nature of that tragedy. When a loved one passes away, we often hear people talk about the impact that they made on others. And this is certainly true with Kobe Bryant. I, for example, he was one of the first spokes people for Don't Retire Kid, which is a movement to counteract the unduly pressures that are placed upon kids today in kids' sports. To fo So much focuses on competition and winning. And I watched a, a short video piece that he did that talked about, let's get fun back into the game. And the importance of just letting the kids have fun, which seems to be kind of lost in sports today. As the father of, I think, four daughters, he was a huge advocate for women in sports and often went to uh, girls' and women's uh, sporting competitions and rooted them on and encouraged them and helped them with practical support as well as his words. Tonight at the Super Bowl... The NFL will award one of their own players with the Walter Payton Man of the, Man of the Year Award, what is sometimes called the most prestigious NFL award. It recognizes the player's contribution both on and off the field and celebrates volunteerism and contribution towards one's community. If service is promoted and esteemed so much within the sporting world, how much more so within the Christian world? We get our inspiration for service and for serving others from our Lord Jesus, who came, he said, not to be served, but to serve who set aside his place of power and glory at the Father and in heaven to come and to be with us and to take the position of one who serves. We see this service that Jesus had, this attitude of service, this character of service in so many examples throughout the Gospels. But perhaps none is more vivid than that at the Lord's Supper. And I want to read to you, and if you've got a Bible, you can join me in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. John 13, 1 to 5. It was just before the Passover fast festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put 
all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. People in Jesus' day didn't travel by car, obviously. They traveled often by foot. Unless they rode on the back of, a, of an animal or were in a, some uh, uh, cart being pulled by an animal, they were walking. And they wore sandals, and so they were kicking up dirt all the time, and so their feet got dirty. And so it was a regular practice when you would come into a house to wash your feet. And the owner of the house would provide a basin of water where guests could wash their feet. But in the homes of more wealthy people where they had a servant or servants, that task of washing guests' feet fell to the lowliest servant. And so Jesus, in this passage, in this Passover meal celebration, by by washing the disciples' feet, is taking the form of a lowly servant. Not in spite of the fact that he was God, but as it says there, as it talks about how he knew he was from God and was returning to God, so he got up. And then it goes into that description. Because of who he is, Jesus takes the form of a servant. God comes to us as servant. This past weekend at uh, AY High, um, Mitch Lamb, our, our youth ministries director, talked about service with the high schoolers. And uh, talked about this passage in particular. So I'm borrowing this from him. Credit due uh, to where it, where it, where it resides. Uh, so he talked about this passage and how we are called to service. But how we're, just like Jesus, we're called not only to serve others, to serve our family, our friends. But we're called to serve those who may be against us. He pointed out that in this passage, it doesn't leave out any of the disciples. It says Jesus washed the disciples' feet, presumably all of the disciples' feet. And in this passage, it talks specifically about Judas and how the devil had put into his heart to betray Jesus. Jesus would have known that. And Jesus nonetheless still chose to wash Judas's feet. And so he said, that begs the question. Are we willing to serve all, even those who may be against us? Jesus calls upon us to love one another, including our enemies. And love reveals itself in service. 1 Peter 4, 8-10 says this, Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? 
You know what I mean, right? Just kind of in a funk, in one of those moods. Maybe it's because of something that happened or some situation, or maybe you don't know quite why, but you're just kind of in a bad mood. And then you you find out somebody's coming to dinner, or you find out you've got to do this for somebody, and you kind of just, like, under your breath. Like, you you just don't want to do it. You don't want to serve others. And when we get into those funks, we can start kind of looking inward and, and focusing on all the things that are wrong or the things that this person over here said or why did they do that? And, and we more and more we start looking inward. And it's a spiral that just goes downward when we start doing that. But one of the best ways out of that downward spiral is to instead of looking inward and getting stuck there, is to look outward and to see what the needs might be there in others, to think about how can I serve this person or be a blessing to them. And as we do that and as we look to what others' needs might be, we just kind of, our needs, our problems, our attitudes just kind of disappear. Uh, we can see here in this passage from First Peter the importance of our attitude. Offer hospitality without grumbling, the writer advocates. Serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. Uh, today, as you know, we have great opportunity to serve others through the Super Bowl of Caring. And uh, thank you if you brought non-perishable items. Those will go to Lowe's and Fish's Community Pantry, serving folks right here in our neighborhood. And there are regular opportunities to volunteer at Lowe's and Fish's as well. If you haven't done that, I encourage you to take uh, advantage of one of those opportunities to interact with the folks that come through um, that distribution center. We also have the opportunity to uh, help those around the world through Feed the Need. And as Pastor Tammy said, there's opportunity to give, and there'll be some very excited 8th grade girls out there cheering you on uh, and holding out those soup pots as you go by. So don't just kind of hurt your eyes, but give them a smile and give them a few coins or a few bucks too, and that will go um, to help those who most desperately need it through Feed the Need. And if you have the ability and the desire, you can give um, through our offering. As we said, the pastor challenge, $100 challenge, um, if you can match that. We also have a matching challenge of uh, $2,500 right now. So anything up to that amount, your gift will be doubled. Um, So uh, please give. There's the commercial break for our Super Bowl of Caring. How was that? Not Not a super great commercial, but... Important nonetheless, important nonetheless, of course. Your gift of your time, and I want to encourage you to sign up if you haven't already for Feed the Need in two weeks. Sign up today because those spots are going to be gone. Give of your time, two hours is all, to help pack meals. We want to pack together with the whole community, over one million meals. Last year went to places like um, Jamaica and Guatemala, and um, Haiti, who is in desperate need of that. 
And so just giving that gift of your time is such a blessing. It's a blessing to people who most desperately need it, people like Lausa. Let's hear just a little bit of her story. When we first met Lausa, she did not have any energy. She couldn't stand and she had red hair. But when we started giving her the food, life started changing. Her stomach changed, it's now normal. Her hair and she's now able to go to school. She's now able to play with her friends and able to go to school and participate in class like any other children. All this is possible because we gave the food because you came unpacked. Seeing Lausa here is testimony that hope is greater than malnutrition because malnutrition will kill you, but hope will add value. And I want to say, keep packing because this food is making a difference in lives of many people and many children, the future leaders of tomorrow. We are so thankful for so many of you that have volunteered that Feed the Need. Those of you who volunteer right here in our own congregation, whether it's through worship or in a ministry area, children's or youth or adult ministry, whether it's in music ministry, whether it's in missions and outreach, whether it's somewhere else behind the scenes. We're thankful for the ways that so many of you serve outside of these walls, coaching your kids' team, volunteering in your child's school, Serving your customers through your work and helping out your family, your friends, and your neighbors. The attitude that we bring into these times and places of service makes all the difference. But for all of you who feel like you're on the sidelines, like you're just there to warm the bench, who feel like I don't have anything of value to offer, I want to encourage you to get in the game. You don't have to wait for your number to be called. The field is open. God has placed in you gifts of your time and your abilities, passions and your character. The playing field is there for you. The coach is calling out your number. It's time to get in the game and serve. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to us as an example of your heart of service. He came not as one who wanted to be served, but as one who came to serve. Lord, help us to look to and to follow his example. When those times come when we are just kind of getting lost in ourselves and our gaze is going inward, Lord, turn us outward. Help us to see those around us. Help us to see the ways that you are calling us to serve you and to serve others. Lord, thank you for that call. Thank you for the chance to get in the game and serve. It's in your name we pray. Amen.